0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSlot.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. And next, we're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 are up for grabs over the course of this season Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And, of course, finally, do not forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 in their NFL Week 1 contest exclusively on the SGPN app. So make sure you download that app today in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store.
1: Howdy ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This would be uh, monumental episode number 69. We made it to 69, and obviously I have to dedicate it to uh, Billy Madison, of course. (laughs) We're
0: reading (laughs) his fun books to page 69. 69. (laughs) <laughs> How was that?
1: Uh, pretty high tech of me, holding my phone up to this uh, to the mic. I hope that uh, that sounds really amazing to all of you out there. Um, so yeah, uh, guess what? I'm back, suckers. Jeff Fox is back on the mic um, after what three episodes off there. Um, I promise I'll never abandon you again and leave you with those pale imitations of myself that hosted the podcast while I was away. Um, but in all seriousness. As a comedian, I do have to um, thank them for for filling in and doing a, a wonderful job, and only burying me the first few minutes of every show, not the whole show, which is uh, appreciated. Um, so, yeah, if this is the first time you're listening, this is um, this is the MMA Gambling Podcast, and we talk about MMA and gambling, and usually we veer off into strange, strange passageways, strange uh, topics because the host of the show is a weirdo, and the co-host is. I thought he's a normal guy, but it seems every episode a little bit more sneaks out from his past and he I think he's a weird dude too. In a good way. But uh who knows what we'll uh, what we'll learn from him this week. Um we do talk about MMA though, so don't worry about that. Maybe I'll introduce my uh my co host who hopefully um he's not uh, he's not too upset about being uh demoted back down to associate host and not being able to um do the cold open and, and uh and run the, run the show. Um, he only has two other podcasts that he can do that on, so I, I'm sure he doesn't mind taking a back seat on this one. He actually gets to talk more, I think, this way, anyhow, with me hosting it. Um, what can I tell you about him? The past, what, three weeks, maybe even four weeks, his picks have actually mimicked his um, his appearance, which is blazing, blazing hot. Um, that would be Daniel Gumby-Vreeland that I would be speaking of. Hi, Dan, I'm back.
0: Man, you didn't. You you spent all that time away. I assumed mm-hmm. when you were gonna come back, it would be like a twenty minute intro with a yeah. a bunch of you know tongue and cheek okay. things about how I wanna how you think I want to fight. Who is it that you you thought I wanted to fight? You did want to fight. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Bartosz Fabi. Yeah, you came <laughs> right
1: out and said that so that you could beat him. But anyhow, go ahead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I expected a long long intro with you. You know, sneaking a couple of those in there, and I just got no. that I'm attractive and good at picking MMA fights. Uh, you are, see? that's guess I'll take it.
1: Well, that, that's my way of thanking you for you and uh, KCP, uh, cantavius Caldwell Pope, for, for filling in for me um, the past three shows and talking about how much vacation time I take. I really, what, I had like two weeks this year, which is, I used to, when I actually worked and not my wife, I'd have, I, I used to have five weeks of vacation every year. Can you believe that? At my job, yeah, five I, weeks, crazy.
0: I I get uh I get more than that, but that's yeah. built in. It's two and a half
1: months. <laughs> there you go. But we're not going to say what Dan does, but you, you might be able to guess. Uh, he gets um two and a half months. And that's that's his uh his work release when they let him out uh out of jail. And the rest of the time he's back in jail, but they let him record the podcast, which is good. So yeah, you up I, make, pick, I make license
0: plates. <laughs> he, he
1: makes license plates for a living. He makes good picks too. You you are blazing hot. Uh, I don't mind saying that because I'm, I'm on a good streak myself. But
0: yeah, do you know, I, uh, I pick Gerald Mearshart? Did you know that? You
1: sure? <laughs> yeah, I heard about <laughs> that. Heard about that in episode 68, I believe. I heard about that. Um, but yeah, you've what? You're 16, 8, 26, and 11 over the last three weeks. That's insane. Not
0: bad. Not bad. And in addition to that, I will say I believe I opened up the money lead further over yes. you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Six hundred.
1: It is yeah, six hundred bucks because you've made about a thousand bucks the last three weeks, Dan, and you're still doing the show. Crazy!
0: I'm still doing the show.
1: You should retire. (laughs) I'm what sixteen and eight over the last two weeks. Uh, twenty three and fourteen over three weeks. Notice I only go back three weeks because if I go back four weeks, Jeff was three and six. Dan was two and seven. So that's that's (laughs) where I I cut it off. This is a very. This is what you do. Um, you you make the numbers work work for yourself. So um yeah and um and k c p did good with his picks too last week, so we all had a we all had a good week uh, good week with picks for for that card so
0: um yeah he was eight, he was eight and four and eight and four and up a couple hundred bucks um so yeah he he yeah. uh in his, his debut of making picks for s g p n uh makes exactly look good.
1: Yeah. exactly so uh, you know a question coming back, but i thought there wasn't enough uh you guys did go on a few tangents, which was nice to see. It wasn't it wasn't just me that causes that, but I I figured that there needs to be more nonsense, and more uh, Billy Madison um, quotes on the show. Um, Billy Madison, thumbs up for you.
0: Yeah, Billy thumbs, up, thumbs up. up. Yeah, yeah. As it, long it, as it, it's it, early Chandler, I'm I'm fine yes. with early Chandler. You can go. Billy Madison, h- here's happy, happy, my Gilmore. Billy Madison hmm. happy Gilmore. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. I'm actually okay with the water boy. I know people aren't going to like yeah, that thing, right. but, but it's all right. And then yep. Big Daddy for me is an absolute home run. I think Big Daddy is the best thing Daddy's he dead. ever did. Yep. Um, and that's then funny, funny after dish. that, yeah. I what do you
1: sing, wedding Singers, on. all right. Oh, Wedding but, Singers. You know. Wedding Singers, okay. Yeah. yeah that's I'll, I'll, that's I'll grant Wedding Singers.
0: But, but, like, yeah. Little Nicky, get out of here with Little Nicky. Little yeah, Nikki,
1: I don't even know if I saw off. that.
0: I definitely yeah. have seen it probably too much <laughs> because, like, yeah. when I didn't didn't have, like, a DVD player when I was, like, a poor fresh out of college kid, I watched a lot of Spike TV, uh, which is yes. obviously why why I'm qualified to run this podcast. Um yeah.
1: Oh, you run it now, do you?
0: Oh, uh, I run the editing at least. Um, to this guy, go ahead. But but uh, I, I ran it for three weeks or three episodes. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, like Little Nikki is on Spike TV an exorbitant amount of times in the it's 30, true. I remember 2000s. that. Now. <laughs> yes,
1: I do remember that. I do remember that. So, um, other than that, what I, I guess there's a few news items we can touch on before we uh before we kick off the serious part of the show i'm gonna see how many if i can get any oofs out of dan or any uh <laughs> no, no comments out of dan but i i got um new york times sends me uh like breaking news uh emails so i got one in my, in my inbox just sh- shortly ago and it said joe rogan got covid <laughs> and my reaction to that was what took covid so long dan
0: <laughs> yeah i uh no oof. And maybe maybe this is a no-comment one. It's probably yeah. not an oof one because, I mean, like, it would be oof if I was surprised or if this was a while ago when there weren't ways to at least limit <laughs> your chances of getting COVID. But, uh, you know, if it was last March and he got it, I'd oof maybe and feel bad for him. But in this case, I just uh, – man, I hope he takes as much horse to worm as he possibly can. <laughs>
1: bro, bro, he only got sick. for You only you felt bad one day,
0: bro, and now he's better, so –
1: Bro science wins, I take it so
0: or or if horse I, horse to wormer, I guess this is not an advertisement for horse to wormer, but
1: uh yes, whatever whatever I didn't pay attention to I, I, yeah
0: uh,
1: i I just know he said dumb things i I don't pay attention to actually what he said about it, so because I don't take my medical advice from joe rogan and I, <laughs> I suggest that maybe you should stop too, Dan because i I know usually you take all your medical advice from from <laughs> uh Joe Rogan and the bro science, but um maybe. Maybe it's time to stop. So, um, anyway, I don't want anyone to be sick, so I'm not cheering that. But I just think if I was COVID, I would take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask myself, really, it took me a year and a half to get Joe Rogan? And like, what am I doing with my life? Maybe it's time to stop. So that, that's basically what I would say. Um, what else did I see? I saw Sajera Eubank started a, a nice um, Twitter war because she got mad that Amtrak was trying to make her wear a mask. Can you imagine that? And, that, and she said, what, "She said, and she. she said, this one's going to be a no comment and a oof." And she said, "It's it, it, uh, it's uh, reminiscent of um, segregation." Yeah, that's wear a, a mask. oof. That's a that's oof. An oof. <laughs> I'm can I'm Canadian, so this stuff. Even though someone I went to grocery shopping the other day, and the dude was walking around with no mask on, which is a very rare thing to see. But anyhow, um, I, I don't think there's any real. Important news stories, other than those silly ones. Um, oh
0: no no! You got you got Charles Oliveira and Dustin oh, Poirier yeah, officially. Those two officially of signed on the line. That is. I'm glad ridiculous. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was a little. Wor- I'll, I'll be honest. I was a little bit worried that Dustin Poirier was going to go looking for another money fight, and it, not because mm. I I disrespect Dustin Poirier or I think the the fact that he went after one with Conor McGregor was like indicative of his style of what he looks for in a fight. But you know, like he, leaving that fight, he was shit-talking Nate Diaz a little bit on social media. There was, like, some talk with Colby Covington, or at least Colby Covington was talking about it. I guess I guess Poirier never was chasing that fight, just Covington was. Um, there seemed to be some Jorge Moss at all, pretend beef or something like Like, it, it seemed like he was trying to line up something where he got paid a lot again, and eventually he just decided right. the title shot was what got him paid best. So uh, I'm happy about that, because that's a fight I've really wanted to see.
1: Right. Plus, it's, you, you want to see the best guys fight fight for the belt, not not fighting throw off like uh, um, Carney circus type fights. You you want the best guys fighting fight for the belt, and Dustin Poirier arguably is is the best lightweight in the world. So you, you this kind of kind of restores order, um, at least in that weight class.
0: I, I would say. Yeah, I think so too. And and it's, you're gonna get to see the two best guys in the division fight each other. Yep. And uh, not not much more to say other than that. And I'm glad it happened.
1: And a good style matchup, too. Very interesting. It, uh, basically, anybody against, um, against uh Del Bronx is, is an interesting style matchup, if you ask me. Yeah, that. especially that's now true. That he's like, starching people.
0: Yeah, there, there's really nobody who I can think of against Charles Oliveira where I'm like, okay, I 100% know that fight would play out this way because I, I don't think Charles Oliveira knows how he even wants fights to play out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he just goes in. And and he plays it by ear in like true mixed martial arts fashion and, and it's fun as hell every single time he does.
1: No uh, no doubt. Um and then what, Peter Yan, Algermaine Sterling looks like that one's official too coming up in in the fall or I'm not sure actually when that one is. It's coming up though, in a few months, but before the end of the year apparently, so I believe um, it's
0: on the Jan Blankovich versus Glover okay. Teixeira card, which I think is on Fight Island. Right, um, okay, that but sounds I, right. I will tell you, I am not, I'm not as jazzed about Sterling Yon two as I was Sterling Yon one. <laughs> no, but
1: but I, it, it's one, another one of those things. It needs to happen for for some order to uh, to order to be restored in the in the bantamweight division. So, regardless of who wins, like even if Sterling wins, that's that's fine. But um, I don't think he will. But even if he wins, but, but got to get this out of the way so there's not a logjam jam and, and and uh, nature can take its course, and top prospects can go up and fight for the belt, like Sean O'Malley. So,
0: um,
1: <laughs> anything else? Oh, uh, and your favorite fighter, Macy Barber's got another fight booked against another young fighter, of course, because that's all the UFC does with women's uh, women's flyweight is they book young fighters against each other. She's fighting Montana De La Rosa
0: coming up. Uh, I forgot. I did totally see f- I did do that one. I, I do hate that matchmaking again. Like, just yeah, why not? Keep doing it. Like and it. I get that neither of them have put together like a three or four fight winning streak, but there really is no reason that like Montana De La Rosa can't fight Jessica High, you know, like or yeah. can't go up and fight somebody like that. Um, you know, like give her a give her a, somebody in the middle there. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's but we've talked about that before. But um, they apparently know what they're doing and we don't. So. You know who else knows what they're doing? Our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds at every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and to receive a special offer, risk-free, a $500 sports bet. Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Do you miss doing the ad reads in the middle of the show, Dan?
0: No, you're you're better at those. (laughs) I I got them at the beginning anyway. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got them at the beginning. I'll be fine. It's true.
1: All right, let's talk about uh, the Contender Series, which is actually going to bail us out next week um, because there's no official UFC next week, but we do have the Contender Series, which I forgot how much I enjoy the Contender Series until I watched it last night. I think a lot of it has to do with it being like a tight two hours and what, four or five fights? Um, I don't need six hours of UFC to to watch and to cover and report on, so it's kind of nice to have uh, just a quick in and out um, in and out fight card. Plus it's always fun fights cause guys and gals that are scratching and inclined for their careers basically. So fun night last night, even though a a close friend of mine got gypped by the one um, horrible decision that we had on the card. Uh, Other than that um, pretty good uh, fight night. You got takeaways from it.
0: Yeah. I I was really interested to see that he passed out a contract to a losing fighter. I think we've been talking about that for seasons now. Um and I know the last time we were talking about it was with a flyweight fighter too. I can't quite remember who it was. Um but there was a uh flyweight fighter uh, last year who was on the contender series that they were like, "Oh, they look really good in a loss. They might give him a shot." And then again a flyweight this time in Carlos Candelario who, who won the fight. Yeah, who I, I think I think won the Don't fight anyway. Yeah. And I but yeah. I'll say this. Yeah. Here's the really weird thing about Uh, like his his story is so interesting and it's even weirder when you take that story into consideration that like he got the contract because he was on the contender series in in 2017 did you know that he fought ronaldo candido yeah he won he he won a unanimous decision over look great doing it uh they didn't offer him a contract and after that got hurt a couple of times, but didn't fight for four years. Yep. Uh, and then he fought like three weeks ago. Yes. And won and was like, hey, this is not yep. so bad. And then they invited him back on short notice. I can do to fight this. It's crazy. Like it, that. that's, yep. it's it's like a very weird run for him. And like, I'm glad it paid off because clearly like to take that time off, it seemed like he might be retired. Uh, It's just like a great story. He's also probably yeah. going to be one of the oldest flyweights in the UFC, too, because he's he's already he, – I mean, he's he's 30. But, like, that division is mostly young guns, right? Like, they're, they're not yeah. a whole lot of old dudes in that division. They got
1: rid of most of them,
0: basically, back
1: when it looked like – back in the great purge of – what was that, 2018 or whatever? Yeah, the, when it the, looked Dustin, looked like or- the Dustin
0: Ortiz purge. Yeah, like, back when it that, looked like they were getting that's rid of the, the division. But yeah. that's, that's the guy yeah. who they got rid of. It was Dustin Ortiz and a whole bunch of guys who kind of felt like Dustin Ortiz. Yes, exactly.
1: But, yeah, Candelaria, Eo, like you said, um, I think he won the fight. I'm sure people who had money on him think he won the fight, right? Certain people who may have had money on him. Um, yeah,
0: I I, th- I think people might think that, although I will say uh, – it's it's certainly less painful when it's part of a parlay where you also lost the other half of it as well. Um, there, you
1: there you go. Yeah. <laughs> not, not naming names. Not naming names, yeah. Um but yeah, that, that was uh um, he clearly won the first two rounds, if you ask me. Uh clearly lost the last round though. Um he really gassed out. So and yeah, both those guys got contracts. Victor Altamirano and Carlos Candelario. Um Candelario um got the O out of his record though. He's eight and one now after that loss. So they got right um they got a contract Knight started off uh, with fireworks. AJ Fletcher won via flying knee and punches. Basically, if if flying is in the description of your victory, you're pretty much guaranteed a contract. I say Any, anything with flying in it, you, Dana White's going to sign you.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But it was a, it was a good performance before that. Game. Oh yeah, like he, he looked yep. good. Um, granted, it was only two and a half minutes, so who knows how how good. But he he was looking like he was well in control of the fight. Plus. yeah. He's a guy who trains out of Gladiators Academy, right, which is one of the yep. gyms that Dustin Poirier trains out of which or used to train out of way back in the day right. when he was still training in New Orleans with yep. crazy Tim Crater and all that kind of stuff. So um, yep. that probably doesn't hurt his chances either.
1: No, and, he, and he's built and he used, to play, he used to play a billion different sports. Yeah, he looked like the complete package in there. It was only a couple minutes, but – Striking wrestling, he basically had it all going on there. So he got a contract starting off, and then the two flyweights got their contracts, which I was hoping when I was watching the fight, I'm thinking, oh, maybe they'll give him a contract anyhow. But you never know uh, with with Uncle Dana. And then Joe uh, Anderson Brito uh, cheated, but won cause that's basically this fight card. Every had every, basically everything that that uh, you look for in MMA. You had a a guy, you had a, a questionable judges' decision. You had a guy repeatedly poke a guy in the eye but but still win you basically had it all He had flying knees um you had everything but uh Brito was clearly the better fighter than diego lopez in that fight and then he um ended up winning a te- technical decision after uh poking him in the eye and lopez cannot continue but um Brito Brito looked very good in that fight
0: yeah yeah i thought he looked good and um...
1: somebody's salty listen to you
0: well, <laughs> I, yeah, I actually do like Lokes, too, because I, I watched yeah. a little bit of him back when he was on, um, what was it, the Mexican Promotion Lux Fight Series, LUX, um, and he, like, was their, like, hot prospect, um, so he, I, I had seen some of him. Yeah. I had never seen Joe Anderson Brito, but I, I had read a little bit about him. Um, Sean Bitters does a whole bunch of prospect pieces, and it, it covered him a couple of times, but... That um that Diego Lopes had beaten a bunch of UFC vets, like three or four of them right in a row, um, on in that Lux fight series. So I I was high on him, so it was kind of a shame to see him look I mean, he didn't look bad, but not definitely not no. as good as I thought he could.
1: No. Then the main event it was Pretty clear heading in whoever won the fight was going to get a contract because they're both like massive, uh, light heavyweights. Um, as a who my son said, Hey, that's you on TV. So I think because he uh-huh. has a bald spot, uh-huh. I think that's, I think he was, de- it was a dig at me for the because uh, I have a bald spot, I guess, but he, he looked very good. Um, TKO and Matias Shuffle, um, blasted him with punches three minutes in. Um, like I said, both, um, I don't know how good Shuffle is. He, he looks like a fighter. Um, I don't know. He's what fourteen to seven now, so maybe he's not UFC caliber. But, um, or Zakhanov looks like he definitely is. He's ten to zero now at this point.
0: Yeah, and he won that one night tournament for Brave CF too way back when, which I'm pretty sure was open weight. Um, and had some right. like goofy like hundred pound gold belt. Uh, that you won if you won that fight. So. He's, he fought some pretty good people in that, including, I believe, a UFC vet, but I'm blanking on which one. Um, and he also has a, a quick KO over uh, ranked middleweight Andre Muniz, I know, which is so he's uh he's had some high level competition in those 10 fights, too.
1: Yeah. So anyhow, uh, fun fight night. Um, good stuff. And they'll be running. How many weeks are they doing this? You know? Ten, another okay. another ten ten,
0: nice. ten week run, which is uh, and, and not all of them are filled out. I'm kind of hoping some of those guys from the Ultimate Fighter make their way onto there, but uh, right, yeah, it's another full ten weeks, which is always good.
1: So, which I figure going forward, since a lot of people in the SGPN Slack, um, if you aren't in that yet, make sure um, – if you're listening, make sure you get into our Slack channel. It's lots of fun. And the fight, the actual fight board or channel or whatever it's called. I'm old. I don't know what it's called. But, anyhow know, the, the fight um, – channel in there lots of lots of talk lots of people talking last night and betting on the on the contender series fight so i said in there we better start covering it on the podcast thing because obviously the the degenerates out there are are uh, interested in it so i'm thinking sundays we'll we can do a preview of the upcoming tuesday night fights you know give it dan probably will know every single person fighting on the card he's probably watched every one <laughs> of their fights um even though he just admitted to not watching someone's fights before which is strange but um we'll have the intel and hopefully we can get you some some best bets and then we can do recaps on our Wednesday show which will uh it works out so well so thank you UFC for putting this on it um it gives us the content we need we crave yeah and it's yeah. fun to watch
0: I, cool I, I enjoy
1: watching it uh, maybe, like I said, because it's fast, I'm not into the six-hour stuff with a whole bunch of fluff, but um, you know, it's fun to watch. So, um, but we do have a fight card to break down, so we probably should be getting to that. Um, I probably should tell you about one, another one of our sponsors first, if I can actually find my ad page. Here it is. Let me tell you about a sponsor, then we'll get into our Bronson versus Till. Let's tell you about how about Prop Swap. Uh, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, and a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And thank you for being on our team here, PropSwap. Let's tell you about PicksWise too while we're at it. Why not? It's right in front of me. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Props and parlays held by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all for free. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PixWise backs for responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. We got a fight card before the UFC takes another rare week off. I think maybe there is next week the last – There might be the last week they have off of the whole year, possibly. Um I think there's like – five shows in October, which is like every week in October. I think they're like, they're really cramming them in now. So this may, uh, next week may be the, uh, the last week that we have the, an off week. But anyhow, this week we got UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Tail a.k.a. UFC Vegas 36, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night 191, a.k.a. UFC and ESPN Plus 49. What do you want to call it, Dan?
0: Uh, I always go with the Vegas 36.
1: Ab- absolutely. That's what I do too. So we're going to go with that. Now, originally it was not, it was going to be what, UFC London, One or whatever, two. It was supposed to to be in London, which um, when we go through the fight card, it might make some sense uh, to you why there's so many British fighters on the card and so many former cage warrior champions on the card. But the plan was to host it in London, but uh, it fizzled out um, with COVID protocols and that type of thing. So they're going to stay in Las Vegas in the comfy confines of the UFC Apex, so that would be this Saturday, September 4th, the UFC Apex. It is a rare afternoon card. I'm guessing because they probably already had it scheduled in for uh, London time. So I'm guessing that's probably why. Um, but regardless, it is, what, 1.30, I believe? Is that right? Dan, do you know? Can you bail me out here? Is it 1.30 start time? I think it might be.
0: I, I don't know. That, that seems early, though. Aye.
1: All right. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm pretty sure. I'm going to check mma-manifesto.com, which is an amazing website that you all should go to, um, and make sure at the very least you enter their free pick'em contest. But um, I believe the main the prelims are starting at 1:30 p.m. Eastern, and then the main card at 4 o'clock Eastern, and it's on ESPN Plus only. I believe I don't think it's on any of the any of the ESPNs. And I am correct. as per usual. also. And it is only. Ten fights at this point. Um, some fights did fall off. Paul Craig was supposed to fight Alexander Gustafson. Gustafsson was gonna to return to light heavyweight, but he's injured, so Paul Craig is without a fight there. Um, you know anything we Wikipedia still has Mark Dia Casey versus Rafael Alves listed. Do you I don't think that's gonna happen though. Do you know anything about that fight? Any info on that?
0: So they still have Mark Dia Casey fighting
1: who Rafael Alves, They have listed as an no. Alves,
0: Alves pulled out of that fight. Okay,
1: all right, and, and pretty then sure,
0: pretty sure visa issues. No, D. yeah, Casey not fighting.
1: Right. Okay. Yes, that would make sense. Yeah, a lot of I'll, we'll go through it, but there's a lot of short notice people in here, uh, mostly because of, of visa issues, because um, a lot of Europeans were planning on being able to stay home uh, to fight in this card, and then they still. Wikipedia also still has this fight listed, but it's not happening as far as I know. Flyweights Alex Perez match now, which was supposed to happen what last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, they have it listed as happening this week, but I don't see any other any other source saying it's happening. So I don't think that fight is happening either. Am I correct there?
0: So that fight will be happening on December fourth. Wow, that's... it's been rebooked rebooked for December fourth. All right. Precise reason I'm not sure, but uh, they moved it back
1: yeah so there's quite a like i said quite a few changes um a lot of people we'll, we'll go through the we'll go when we break down the fights so we can let you know who's short notice and whatnot because um as as you know with the stats i rely on short notice fighters were at 40 percent success rate for short notice fighters so i consider that any fighter who has who has less than a month to prepare for a fight um and they're the fighter filling in, so they've only won 40% of the time since twenty start of 2020 when I started tracking it. So let us start. Um, ten fights, correct? That's what you got Two Dan? Ten fights in your slate? I
0: am looking at exactly ten fights, yes. Okay.
1: That's, uh, see, I like that. Ten fights. I'm sure they're going to drag it out and make it six hours still, but uh, that's fine. Ten fights is good. I can Fifteen fights is kind of pushing it. Ten Yeah, 15 nice
0: yeah. fifteen fifteen fights is too many. I, yeah. I like to live I like to live right around twelve or thirteen. That's usually my sweet spot.
1: Yep, so ten fights. I was thinking this is a it's a chalky card for me, but then uh then again now that I'm thinking it's only ten fights, really only three or four dogs statistically would come through anyhow. So i I think I'm right around that range anyhow. So let us begin. Banawaites, Jonathan Martinez, Marcelo Rojo. Um, do we have nicknames? We do. Jonathan, the Dragon, Martinez, Marcelo, Pitbull, Rojo. Pitbull is way overused, so uh, the Dragon wins uh, the nickname game, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. Also, I'm pretty, allow- sure oh, the, I'm pretty sure the Dragon is a new one for him. I don't recall oh, yeah? ever having heard that, and I've seen a lot of Jonathan Martinez fights, too.
1: Of course you have. So maybe he's a Ricky uh, Ricky Steamboat fan, perhaps, you think?
0: Maybe, although one, it doesn't hmm. doesn't one of his teammates have a? Isn't there an El Guapo on his team too? Yeah, um, there
1: might be. Right, fights
0: with you, which is uh, stealing uh, boss. Root. Ru-
1: it's true. Bunch of thieves. Um, Rojo. Let's break him down first. Uh, he's sixteen seven, eight knockouts, six submissions. He's been subbed himself four times, but Martinez is not huge submission guy, so that probably won't matter here. But I'll throw it out there. Uh, He's 0-1 in the UFC. He got TKO'd. He is taking this fight on short notice. He's one of our short notice guys. He's got an inch of reach. He's a more active striker, meaning he lands more strikes on average um, per minute than uh, Martinez does. Uh, Grappling stats also in his favor. Um, All the stats I refer to are from fightmetric.com or ufcstats.com is what it's called now. Um, But these are uh, very small sample size because we're talking one fight for Rojo in the UFC. But regardless, he does have um, active striking and grappling staff in favor. Plus 128 on the board. Martinez 13 and 4, seven knockouts, two submissions, four and three in the UFC. He's two and one over his last three. Uh, he did get knocked out in his last fight, though. Uh, he's missed weight in the past because he used to fight at Featherweight, and this is down at Bantamweight, and he has had trouble in the past uh, making the 135 pound weight limit. Uh, this is a at middleweight, is it not? Yes, at weight I'm sorry. Um, what else can I tell you? He's six years younger than Rojo. He's got the striking stats in his favor. Minus 160. I will be backing the dragon in the nickname game and in the cage.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be taking Jonathan Martinez in this one, too. Um, while, while I think Rojo is an interesting dog here, because if you did watch that first fight of his, he moves forward sort of recklessly in a way that... I think he's going to give people a lot of trouble in the long run. It didn't give Charles Jourdain trouble, but that's mostly because Charles Jourdain can can somehow just fight himself into a little bit more of a technical version of the fight. And then when he did engage in the firefight, Jourdain was the one landing. But I think him getting in people's face can tire some people out. I just don't think Jonathan Martinez is that type of person. He fights with a very smart game plan. He he sticks and moves. He gets out of there. He doesn't stay in extended exchanges if he's not winning them. Uh, So, yeah, I I think Jonathan Martinez is probably just going to pick away at him from the outside and kind of uh, circle away from that pressure, which sometimes is a little bit more chasing than it is cutting off the cage for Rojo. So, yeah, I, I think Rojo is is kind of a fun one to watch, um, but I don't like the way that they matched him up with somebody who who seems to have the right kind of style to beat him here.
1: Martinez is the pick. We uh, both agree, and we are both on here, so you got to take Martinez here. Move um, the middleweight Stolcho Lugambala Lugambala Lugiambula There we go. LeGamp- Lugan Bula. Bula versus Marc-Andre Barrio. I can say the Canadian guy's name, of course. Um, now, this is a Canadian. Canadians do screw us over on this podcast. I got to throw that out there. Um, Dolce is champion, and Barreau is Power Bar. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Power Bar kind of goofy, so I, I'm going to go with Power Bar.
0: I love, I love Power Bar because I have of no course. idea. Is it because his last name is Barrio? I that, guess. That? I don't know. Have you
1: interviewed him before, Dan? I've
0: never interviewed him before. I have interviewed Jonathan Martinez, though, and we just both picked him.
1: Yeah,
0: that's that's a thing. Um, Have you
1: interviewed Dolce, though?
0: I have not interviewed Dolce.
1: Okay. So this uh, one is –
0: I, I do mm. I do like Power Bar better. The Zultra yes. Champion is, is fun because he used to be a champion, but he's, he's not really
1: anymore. He's not, no, <laughs> he's definitely not anymore. None at this point. Uh, he is 11-2 as a pro, though, which is nothing to do that. Five knockouts, one submission. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He has swapped wins and losses back and forth, won his debut, lost his next fight, won his uh, most recent fight. He is a former heavyweight. This one is down at light heavyweight. Uh, he's got two inches of reach. Uh, Grappling stats in the saver, plus 125. Ariel, who I just read an amazing article on, on MMA-Manifesto.com, um, expertly edited. The writers kind of eh, but it's, it was edited really good. 12-4, um, and one no contest. You're not going to laugh at that at all? Uh, uh,
0: no, I, I, that, no, I gave no. it a little chuckle. It just might not have been no, detectable.
1: Sorry. 12-4, <laughs> one no contest, 9 knockouts. Uh, he's never been finished in a fight himself. He's one in three. has one no contest in the UFC. He got a TKO win his last fight. Uh, he technically won the fight before that too, but he failed a drug test. It wasn't for marijuana; either it was for like actual performance-enhancing things. So he's really on a two-fight TKO streak. Um, but us Canadians are cheaters, so he he got caught cheating. He's five inches taller, three years younger, three. He lands three times more strikes than uh, Lugam Lugambia Lugam Lugie Lugie Lugambala um, so that and he's got better cardio I read too. So um, be more active striker and better cardio may add up to win. He's at minus 155. Um, yeah, after I read that article, I'm like, I gotta take the Canadian here, even if he's gonna screw me over. I gotta take him.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing is here is Dalziel Bula had trouble at tool five with his cardio and then forced yep. himself to cut down to 185. I have no idea how this dude made weight the first time. Well, that's right. 25. This
1: is middleweight. I'm, I'm thinking this is light. Like, yeah, this is middleweight. He used to fight heavyweight.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy that this dude makes it down that far. But I'll yeah. say this too. In his fight, his last fight, he, it, the cardio didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to down a division, but he's very clearly a guy who's very good in the first round and then starts to wane. And if you look at Barrio's last two fights, he survives early onslaughts from both of those guys he fights. He winds up finishing both, but he winds up immediately looking better at the beginning of the second round because he is really durable and he's got a great gas tank. So, I mean, like, the thing about this fight is it seems like they were like, oh, Dolce on Bula gets real tired real fast. Let's stick him with the most fucking durable guy we can find and force him to gas himself out again. So... I think it's unfortunately really, really, really rough matchmaking for Deltra. But again, if you're going to stick around in the UFC, you have to prove that you're getting better at the things you are. I don't think he got enough better with his cardio here. And I think he probably gets stopped late by Barrio.
1: Yeah, this is a a bad matchup, a bad matchup for him um and just uh so you know uh so jerry eubanks is not letting it go i another tweet just came out uh, <laughs> Anfra, <so. laughs> thank,
0: thank, thank god yep she,
1: it's good mma is good at mma no matter what all right before we move on let me tell you about prize picks a new sponsor i haven't got to do one of these yet turn your picks into real cash with prize picks my favorite daily fantasy app it's fast and it's easy and it all starts with price picks simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection the more players you pick the more money you can win up to 10 times your money price picks is the only way i play so let me let me give you a breakdown here for baseball we'll we'll pick we'll pick three batters because if uh if we do that bet 20 bucks we can win 100 bucks if if the batters come through they're all set at one and a half, meaning um, they're going to get more than one hit plus walk. And I'm going to pick guys on my fantasy team. Even though Dan says guys on my fantasy team, I should should not pick, right? I should pick under no, for all guys. On my fantasy team. Yeah,
0: you should pick them. Yeah. You should just pick the unders. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. So <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's harsh, but Dan's ahead of me. So, um, but yeah, I was going to pick. Um, they're they're off the screen now. So fine. I'm gonna, I got the oh yeah, the game's have already started. All right, I'm going to take Chris Bryant because I think Chris Bryant looks like Dan. Do you know that? You think you you look like Chris Bryant? A, I've a little never,
0: bit. I've never gotten Chris Bryant, but yep. I'll take it. He, that's yep. all right. Yeah, he's that's a handsome
1: handsome guy, and you hit like him, right? No. So I'm, taking, I'm taking Chris Bryant. I'm taking Justin Turner. I'm taking Trey Turner. All over one and a half hits and walks. If that happens in their game tonight, I win 100 bucks. Simple as that. So. Um, and make sure you use promo code SGP to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So that's prize picks promo code SGP. It's better to look like him than, what, whoever my son said it looked like that
0: uh, Eastern <laughs> European balding. Ber- man. Verzaganov. Was- <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: All right. Uh, moving on. Featherweights, the man who stole my nickname, Julian Juicy J. Arosa. I am the Juicy J. Or maybe I stole it from him. I can't really remember now, Dan. I, th- I think it was mine originally, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, it had to have been. It had to have been. I wouldn't have stormed it from him a few episodes back. No. Um, uh, He's fighting, oh oh boy, he's fighting Ludvik. I want to say Shaolin, but he's not healthy. He's Wu-Tang That's that's
0: that's the wrong matchup. That's the wrong matchup. Oh, yeah. I jumped
1: jumped ahead of myself. Julian Arosa versus Charles Jourdain. Air Jourdain. I skipped a Canadian. Can you believe that? No, this is tough. Another Canadian. Can I really pick two Canadians in a row? Let's see, Dad. So we got Air Jordan, which is kind of funny, versus Juicy Jay Arosa. I can't take Juicy J. That's my name.
0: When that Juicy, ju- as we pointed out when we originally gave you the Juicy <laughs> J Jeff nickname, it the the nickname just makes you so uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> it does. It, it sounds it sounds just like it shouldn't be anybody's nickname.
1: Where does it come from? Have we did we discuss that already?
0: Um.
1: I, you interviewed I, him I, before, right? I, I've, been,
0: I've interviewed him before, but I don't know where it came from.
1: Well, next time, Dan. Next I'm, time on on your I'm on
0: it. I'm on it. Have
1: you interviewed Jordane? I have not. All right. So there's our pick then. Jordane's the pick. But we'll break it down anyhow. Arosa, 25-9, 11 knockouts, 11 submissions, which is pretty crazy. He's got that many finishes in, uh, of both kinds. Uh, he's been knocked at himself five times. He's three and five in the UFC over three stints, which is pretty crazy too. You don't see guys get three kicks of the can. Um, he's making the most of this most uh, recent one. He is two and one. He did get TKO'd in his last fight though. Um, he also was on the ultimate fighter at one point where he's three and one. He's taking this fight on short notice. Um, this is what, at featherweight, he used to fight at um, lightweight in the past. Uh, he's got four inches of height, five inches of reach on Air Jordan. He's a more active striker. Better grappling stats, plus 155. Uh, Jourdain, I have listed that he's Canadian, um, which is, um, I think, a bad thing, probably. um, Because Canadians always screw us over. But anyhow, uh, he'll wear a mask, though, if you tell him. That's that's for sure. He's uh, 11-3-1 with eight knockouts, three submissions. So all of his fights have ended in a finish. So if you want to pick him, I suggest taking him via finish. Um, And Arosa has been knocked out a bunch of times. So um, he's two two and one in the UFC. He got a TKO win his last fight. He also was a former 155 pounder. Uh, he's six years younger, minus 195. What do you think of this one, Dan?
0: I'm I'm actually gonna go with the dog on this one. This is gonna be my first and pick. I, I'm See gonna if take Sammy. I'm me. gonna take Juicy J on this one, and and here's why. I, I think. One of the things that Julian Arosa does really well is he pulls people into his kind of brawling, messy fights. Um, Whether that person is a brawler or not, he brings you into that. Take uh, Sean Woodson, for example. So he fought Sean Woodson. Sean Woodson's nickname is literally the sniper. He likes to stay away from you and snipe you until he can finish you. And... He wound up brawling a little bit too much with Arosa. And the thing about Arosa, great gas tank, quite durable, despite the fact that he did get knocked out pretty damn hard by Sungwoo Choi last time out. But he is pretty durable, so he took some of Sean Woodson's best punches and then was able to tag Sean Woodson late because his cardio is great. He gets in your face, he brawls, and he keeps brawling with you. Could Charles, Charles Dordain stay away from that the whole time and, and fight a smart fight? He could try, but I'm not sure that it would necessarily go all that well. And also, you know, just as kind of like a little extra piece here, I, I think Julian Arosa's grappling is, is kind of underrated. He did get that Darius joke finish on uh, on Sean Woodson. If you go back to his time in the Contender Series, he did head kick knockout Jamal Emmers, so he's got power as well. Um, I just think Julian Arosa, with sort of his pace, uh, is going to be too much here for Charles Jourdain.
1: Okay, you saw me. I was up in the air on this one, but yeah, I, his grappling, his especially considering he is so active a striker and he's got almost a half a foot of reach. on Jordan. that's that's something to um, that's something to think of too. So yeah, uh, let's do it then. It, it's a good number too, plus one fifty five. So juicy J, um, make me proud, make your nickname proud, um, win us some money. Uh, now we'll move on to Weights. Jack Shore versus Ludwig Sholinian. I guess it's not that hard. Did I hit Sha- it? I think it's Shaolinian, but yeah, oh, Sha Shaolinian. Okay, his nickname is Palmieros, I believe. I don't know what that means. It's
0: I don't know if it means something in Ukrainian. He's Ukrainian, is he not? I believe he is Ukrainian, yeah. but I think he trains somewhere else. But uh, I guess that's sort of irrelevant. I guess it's irrelevant. But anyhow, I
1: don't know what it means, but it's the name in Jack Shore's tank. So I don't know. Uh, I'll go with tank, I guess, because I know what a tank is.
0: Yeah, and, and he got that nickname, uh, oh, no, no, that's Justin Tank Scoggins. There's two oh, yeah. small There's so tanks. Yeah, and exactly. Both small guys. It's yeah. true.
1: Let's talk about the newcomer, Cholinian. Uh, he's 9-1-1 one, one with one knockout, three submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. This is his USC debut on short notice. However, he was just in the most recent season of The Ultimate Fighter where he went 1-1-1. One um he's won his last four pro fights but his last official fight was september of 2019 excluding his time in the tough house he also was in bellator in the past where he was 0 one he's two inches taller than shore i don't know his reach could not find that anywhere so i can't give you a breakdown of that he's at plus 350 a jack tank shore is 14 and 0 with four knockouts eight submissions three and the ufc with two sub submission wins there he's a former cage warrior champion which you can hear me say a lot on this card he also used to fight at featherweight, but this one is up at. Is this one up at? Uh, this one. I'm getting all confused. But B- B- bantamweight. I'm sorry. Down at bantamweight. Um. So he used to fight at a, high, a higher weight class. He is five years younger, minus 500. He's a uber prospect. So I gotta, I gotta back the uber prospect here, in Jack Shaw.
0: Yeah, I, I think this one's a real easy one, and I can sum it up pretty quickly. Shaolinian and his loss on the con, or on uh, the Ultimate Fighter was to the eventual winner Ricky Tercios. Tercio's kind of like outscrambled him. Anytime Charlinian used his wrestling, which is actually pretty good, he just kind of got either swept or countered, or somehow he'd wind up in a worse grappling position. And he's just going to be fighting maybe the best grappling prospect that 135 pounds has. So it's a nightmare matchup for him. I expect him to get subbed too.
1: Yep. And what are your thoughts with Shaw? He's he's the real deal, right?
0: He's he's definitely the real deal. Yeah, I, sure. I'm pretty pumped on on Jack Shaw. I, I think. You know, like, there there are times where he's looked like there might be a little bit of holes in his game, but for his age and what he's doing, like, he, he's he's the real deal, and I think we're going to see it increasingly. So it's too bad we didn't get to see him against Fadner Megametoff, who was a, his original opponent for this fight, right. um, because that would have been, like, a really good test to see just how far along he is. But I think he's going to cruise here, and then hopefully we get to see him again soon.
1: Yep. And let's move on to our main event, women's uh, the prelims, that is, women's flyweight Meatball Molly McCann versus G. Yun Cam, who is Fire Fist. Both those nicknames are awesome, but uh, Meatball is, is the classic. I got to it Meatball Molly because... Meat- uh, Meatball might be
0: one of the best nicknames in oh, yeah. all of MMA. It's one of my yes. favorites.
1: And it's from her time working at Subway. Didn't they? Say, didn't people say she used to smell like meatballs when she yeah, went, to, her, went to practice she, or something, Right?
0: She, yeah, she said when she went to practice one time, her coach oh. said, "Ah, oh, Molly, you smell like fucking meatballs."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. She is a yeah. She's a um. She's a fun one, Molly McCann. Uh, uh she's been on your podcast, right? Yeah, a bunch Uh-oh, of times. Oh, a, a bunch of Mon- times too. I'm a big Ooh, that's Molly that's right.
0: McCann fan. I, I won't. I yes. won't even hide my fandom. I'm. I am a big Molly McCann. Also, oh, yeah, I said. I bet Jack Shore on my show too.
1: Oh so. right, and he's he's somehow he's survived had, so far, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Molly
1: McCann has lost two straight though, so um, because she's been on Molly. She, she tempted fate and went on more than once on the Top Turtle podcast. Um, anyhow, let's break it down. Um, this is pretty much a pick'em on the board as we speak. Um, meatball Molly is ten and four with four knockouts, three and three in the UFC. Like I said, she did lose her last two fights. She also has had trouble making weight in the past. Uh, she missed weight at least once. I think just once. She is a former Cage Warriors champion. Um, striking and active striking stats in her favor. Grappling stats in her favor. Minus 110. Fire Fist is 9-3 with two, nine, three, and 2. So she has two draws on her record. Two knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 3-3 three and three in the UFC as well. Uh, she's swapped Actually, she's not three and three in the ufc she's only is she really three and three in the ufc she's been around, around that sounds, long i
0: think that sounds right yeah she's yeah
1: been around yeah wow anyway some some of these people sneak up on me like wow that guy's been around that long like another one coming up alex morano has been around forever and it kind of creeped up on me um she has swapped wins and losses over the last three fights loss win loss so her last fight was a loss she's missed weight twice um for flyweight she used to be a 135 pounder um last fight august 2020 Get, uh, get this, 3 inches taller, which isn't huge. 10 inches of reach, though, um, minus 115. What are you thinking of this one? I'm, that reach is, is – I want to pick Molly, but 10 inches of reach is kind of scary.
0: Well, it is kind of scary, but except for when you factor in what Yi Jian Kim's worst attribute is, and that's her takedown defense. Um, yep. it's, it's actually pretty terrible. Um, and yeah. in addition to, like, the stats being really terrible – if you compare who she's giving up those takedowns to, that's also terrible. Um, you know, like, there, there's no doubt that Alexa Grasso's best attribute is her boxing. Yet, yeah, but even she was like, hey, I can take EG on Kim down just for funsies. Kim's wrestling is not bad when she's on the offensive side of things, but it's really bad when it's on the defensive side of things. And, Loki, like, Molly McCann is actually a pretty good wrestler. She, You know, yep. people know her as a boxer, but, like, she does wrestle really well. I don't think she's going to have any trouble getting in on the inside. Like, it's not like yee Kim has, like, got incredible footwork or does a really good job of working distance. She doesn't even really throw all that many kicks to, to try to keep distance that way. I, I kind of think she's just going to get inside and finish a couple of takedowns and win rounds there. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm going with Molly McCann here, and I, I'm actually pretty pumped that these odds are close to even.
1: Good. I feel a lot better with my, with my pick then. Yeah, so she's technically... A dog here, but but barely. Uh, Minus 110 versus minus 115. So with me telling you on a couple picks, we went um, identical on the prelims. Do you have any surprises coming up for the main card that that, uh, we may not drive on? What do you think?
0: I think there's probably one or two that we might not agree on. All
1: right, we'll see. Can we agree that Paramount Plus is amazing, though, Dan? Can we agree on that? It is,
0: because it's, it's the summer of soccer. It is. The summer of <laughs> soccer
1: continues at Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera Division, the Brasileiro, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, the Concacaf. Conca is it concafa It's concafa is con, it conquer
0: calf, conquer Conca calf. Conca
1: calf. There is there's a concafa too. Is there not?
0: I think mm, you're thinking of thinking con queso which is a dip. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I know what that is. We have Mexican food
1: in, in Canada. I know what that is. Um, anyhow, they have all that. They I don't think they have. I think you have to supply your own conqueso. Um, it features the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national team. It would be conca calf. Conca
0: calf. Yeah, Say it again, Dan. Concacaf. Concacaf.
1: <laughs> yeah. Plus they have much more. No queso. Um, it's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, which I love saying, uh, Ronaldo, Rapinoe, and Pulisic. I don't like saying that for some reason. It doesn't Pulisic. His name doesn't doesn't come off my tongue properly. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com dot com to start your free trial and stream every match live. Alright, main card. We're not going ad-free, people. We got too many amazing sponsors this week, and this is too small of a fight card. So, let's do it. Um, now, this may be one of the most highly anticipated debuts we've had in a while. Is it? You think it's still highly anticipated, this
0: person I'm yeah, speaking of? I, I think so, yeah. like It would it have been more be, a few years ago. I don't know that it no? would have been more a few years ago, but I do know, like, I, I think regardless, the way... He promotes himself, um, yeah. it, and I don't even mean just, like, talk shit to other people. I just mean, like, he, he does a good job of getting his own name out there all the time, and uh, I I think doing that enough has, would have made his debut successful at any time. I will also say you don't have to worry about the top turtle curse here because both Luigi Vendermini and Patty the Batty Pimblet have both been guests on the Top Turtle podcast, sure. at one time or another,
1: and, and of course we're talking about Benjamini's debut, right? That's what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs>
1: no, actually, he's already been in the UFC. We're talking about Paddy the Batty Pimblet, who you probably most well hardcores have heard of him for years and years and years. Big shot over in Europe. Um, so we got Paddy the Batty Pimblet versus Luigi the Italian Stallion Benjamini. I also think Pimblet's nickname could be Owen Hart clone. He yeah, he, he
0: does look. He does got the. He does have the Owen Hart bowl cut. Too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So obviously, the bad he's going to win the nickname. Um, nickname uh, game here because that's it's iconic already, and he's just a young man.
0: Yeah, and, and you also can't steal uh, Sylvester Stallone's nickname like that. <laughs> Italian Stallion.
1: <laughs> it's true. All right, let's go with the Italian Stallion first. He's nine and two with five knockouts, four submissions. So all of his finishes, all of his fights, excuse me, have come via finish. He's only won one of his last. Or actually, he's only won won one of his three UFC fights. He's one and two. He swapped wins and losses again. Loss, win, loss. We we seem to come across that very, very often with fighters um, that we're breaking down. A lot of people swap wins and losses back and forth. Don't know what's behind that, but hey, I'm just putting it out there. Um, He... He used to be a welchweight. This fight's down at lightweight. He's a year younger than Paddy the Babley, which uh, Paddy the Paddy the Batty, which you would think uh, Pimblett's younger, but Benjamin is a young guy himself. He's at plus one twelve. Uh, Paddy Pimblett, the pride of Liverpool, uh, along with Molly McCann, the king and queen of, of Liverpool. Um, Sixteen to three, five knockouts, seven submissions. He's won two straight fights, three of his last four. He what he used to be a double champion cage Wars, correct 145 155 he had both I believe
0: I or just one I think he just had one I uh, I okay. believe so because he okay, did I lose know. he did lose the uh, lightweight actually he lost he tried for. Right, that's, that's
1: what it was. Yes, and he
0: lost to um, Nad Narmani,
1: right, right? Who
0: eventually got signed by the UFC.
1: Yeah, so he was a lightweight champion, and then he tried for featherweight. That's correct. Um, anyhow, this will be his debut, and it will be at lightweight,
0: up at lightweight.
1: Do you think that's the best weight class for him?
0: I think so. Or does it matter, or does it really matter? I, I yeah, I, I don't think I've I've seen enough of the different uh, versions against like high quality opponents that would give me a real sense.
1: Okay. Uh, he's two inches taller than Vendor Media. I don't know the reach. For some reason I can't find Pimblet's reach. He's at minus
0: one hundred forty. All right, break it break it down, Dan. So for those who have never seen Paddy Pimblet, his style is pretty straightforward. He he does have pretty sufficient boxing, uh gets the job done. But really, he does his best work on the ground. Um, And he does really good work both if he is the aggressor on the ground or if he is on his back on the ground um, because then he makes himself the aggressor from there anyway. uh, Really good submission game no matter what. Vendramini, I think, kind of low-key, has a really good style matchup here for Pimblet because, um, and I mean that in a bad way for Paddy and a good way for Vendramini, because while people aren't talking about Luigi Vendramini a lot, the dude made his pro, or his UFC debut at 170 pounds on short notice and fought Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos, uh, who is a, a pretty tough dude and by all accounts was beating him until he ate a flying knee. Um, he not only was getting some better of the exchanges, but he also held Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos' back for like two or three minutes in the first round. His grappling is pretty good and also... He's pretty good at stuffing takedowns and stuff like that. He can keep it on the feet if he wants, and he throws pretty well. And I think that's part of why I'm actually going to pick the underdog here. I'm going to take Luigi Um, And the reason I'm going to pick him is because I think, while I like Pimblit's grappling, I think Vendramini has the choice if it goes there. And if he says, no, I want to keep this fight standing, I I think the benefit's his. And even if he does take it to the mat, I mean, like, if Eliza zaleski Santos. Like you worked your way to his back, and you're only a 155 pounder. Like, and now you're up against a 145 pounder. I think he can hold his own on the mat with Pimblet, even if it does go there. So, you know, I'm going to take Venderminni here.
1: You're, you're only doing this because you want Molly McCann to be uh, the the ruler of Liverpool and not Patty Pimblet, correct?
0: They're best friends. I think they can Miss probably Chris. rule together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going with Pimblet. I'm I'm buying the hype. I'm drinking the kool-aid i'm doing whatever else um there is to say but um yeah it's uh, it's gonna be interesting i i would have liked pimlet to come over a few years earlier um, before he caught those owls that he caught because uh, i'm wondering if it's past his prime already even though he's a young guy's this will be his 20th fight already so not sure about that but i'm gonna pick him regardless so take that. We finally differed on a fight. So which means I can be at least one fight ahead of Dan um, when we when we do our recap show on the weekend. So let's move on. Light heavyweight, shall we? Uh, Modestus Bukoskis versus Khalil Roundtree Jr. Jr. was added just a few years ago, I believe. He wasn't always Jr., was he?
0: Ah, professionally? I don't, I don't know that. Yeah, perhaps. Oh, God, Dan,
1: yeah, this, I'm stomping you this week. A few, a couple yeah, of questions. Yeah, that's that's that one I don't enough. know. Yeah. Wow. This is not like you this is what happens when i when i take some time off dan gets lazy all right um other of these guys been on your show round
0: tree maybe no, no uh but this week you can oh, hear here Modest- we go this week you can hear modestus mucoskis uh on the top journal
1: mma podcast
0: yeah um, so and I've had him on be- I've had him on before yeah, too. He's he's sorry. a super fun guy to listen to talk to.
1: Yeah, that's why he's lost his last two fights also I should <laughs> mention. Uh he's the Baltic Gladiator and Roundtree's the Warhorse. Hmm, I like Baltic Gladiator better, I believe.
0: He once told me that his nickname originally when he was test running nicknames was supposed to be uh the 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 russian james bond or like the oh, the, yeah, the eastern block james bond or something <laughs> something terrible like that and he was like i don't think it flowed well enough and i was like yeah no. yeah right you're right about that dude yeah
1: <laughs> i would not have picked that as as the winner i would have picked warhorse over that one so uh, let me tell you about warhorse first he's 8 and 5 with the one no contest five knockouts he's 4 and 5 with one no contest in the ufc he's lost his last two he's won one of his last four he was on the Ultimate Fighter where he's two and one. He's at plus one twenty eight. Uh, the Baltic Gladiator eleven and four. with eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times, so three out of his four losses have come via knockout. He's only won one of his three UFC fights. He won his debut and lost his last two. He is a former Cage Warriors champion. You might have heard that before. Two inches taller, two inches reach, four years younger. The more active striker. Minus one sixty. I will take him. If Roundtree looks like he looked when he fought uh, Eric Anders, then it's a different story, but he's fallen off a cliff again since that fight. So I'll be, we'll be going with the younger, bigger Buskaskis, the James Bond of this matchup.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this too. Is like he, he went out there and got real beat up by Ian Kudalaba right after that Eric Anders fight. And right. like. So so part of that win against Anders was, like, Anders isn't much of a wrestler, and he could just keep it standing. Kudalaba, like, beat the hell out of him after, you know, getting a really nice takedown. And I think now he's a little bit more tentative worrying about those takedowns, and it's it's made him a little gun-shy on the feet. And that's – I mean, he lost to Martine Procneo who, you know, I, I was – not high on Marcin Brockneal. I still continue to not be high on Marcin Brocknell. If I'm not mistaken, he's Sam Alvey's last win. Um, so it's been a long yeah, time coming. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I, I think Bukoski is is good enough to take advantage of that tentativeness if it's still there for Roundtree. I also think, uh, you know, he's got the takedowns if he needs to go to it. He he does strike fairly well. Um, he's had a couple of tough luck losses. I actually thought he won that last fight, but. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to take Bukowski here as well.
1: Yes, we're we're back on the same uh same page again with that. Um, let's tell you about the last couple sponsors, and then we'll take this baby home. Let's tell you about Odds Crowd. If you haven't downloaded the Odds Crowd app yet, you're missing out. The free roll football contest is taking place on Odds Crowd this year. Ten thousand dollars for the best NFL better sides are included as well this year. Also weekly, one hundred dollars SGPN exclusive contest just for people who have the app downloaded. There's over 30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us as well. Good luck, though. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines. Much like you would with any pick-tracking tra- app, the most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just fantasy betting contest, It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other batters, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddsproud.com today. And while you're downloading apps, download our app if you haven't already, SGPN app. Download and enter for your chance to win our uh, your week one NFL pick contest, and you can win $1, $100,000. I butchered that whole sentence. I don't think it's typed here properly. But anyhow, week one NFL picks. If you win, you win hundred grand from us. How's that? Sound good? Good. And that's coming out of Dan's pay, too. So the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. Don't worry, it's only like, what, two episodes of pay, and then uh, Dan will be back back up. So no problem. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: So download our app, App Store, Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts. You can uh, listen to our podcast right on there. Um, If you haven't already subscribed to our MMA Gambling Podcast feed, which you should. Um, And when you do download the app, make sure you throw a review up there. Sorry, I, I uh, doxed how much you make per episode, 50 grand. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sad I never, that the world now knows, but I yeah, assume people it are had, to me, hap- had to happen at some people, time.
1: People are going to be hitting you up. Um, all right, let's go with Welchweights, Alex Morano, who has been around, like I said, a lot longer than, than I remember, versus David Zawada. We got Alex the Great White Murano versus David Sagat Zawada. What name do you like better here, Dan?
0: I, I like – well, so I'm – Zagat is a Street Fighter one, right? No, it's not Bob I, Saget? No, I don't think so. I, I'm, no. so I'm, I'm not a Street Fighter guy. I was a Mortal Kombat guy. So uh, I'm going to pass on that one and go with The Great White, especially because – I think it's a shark reference, but I think it's also a he's-so-freaking-pale reference.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, so it's a racist nickname is what you're saying, Dan. Yeah,
0: Dan's back in the racist nickname, of course. I, I, uh. I enjoy it on Murano. So. There you go.
1: <laughs> and, and also, shots fired on um, Street Fighter. Not a Street Fighter fan, eh? I, I
0: was never a Street Fighter guy. Um, a lot of Mortal Kombat, Super Smash Bros. A uh, little bit of Tekken and that was bay
1: do you like to do bay batty some people I didn't like to Kombat? do
0: the bay it was all about the fatality and it was mostly just about jack's hitting a whole bunch of uppercuts that's the guy yeah, ripping
1: ripping the heart out we used to play street fighter 2 a lot also i believe i think i remember having tournaments of with my friends um on night tournaments in street fighter 2 but we played both all right so we decided we're going to go uh, you're going with great white because uh for all the wrong reasons but um Let's break it down, shall we? Um, Zawada, 1-3 in the UFC. He lost his last fight. He's got one inch of height, three inches of reach. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 125. Morono, 19-7 and seven with one no contest. Six knockouts, six submissions. Eight and four in the UFC with one no contest. He has gone loss, win, loss, win. Uh, another one of those guys that flips him back and forth. He got T- a TKO win his last fight. He's taking this on short notice. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 155. I'm uh, fifty-five. I'll go. i going to go against his loss-win-loss-win record. I'm going to go against the short notice, and I'm going to take him in this fight. I think he, he's the better fighter here.
0: Yeah, I think he's a way better fighter here, and if you look at Zawada's record, he, he could—he was very close to being 0-4, um, despite the fact that he got a fairly early win on Abu Bakar and Nurmagomedov. I think Nurmagomedov probably wins that fight 10 times out of 11. Uh, he gets a good takedown in the beginning and then just gets real sloppy for like half a second and gets triangle choked. Um, but like that, that's his only win so far and he's been beat up pretty much by everybody else. Um, you know, and I think in a similar way that Murano can, you know, there's some takedowns in there. They're just kind of getting pushed up against the cage a lot. Um, and Murano's good at all those things. So yeah, I, I like Murano in this one quite a bit.
1: All right. Moving to heavyweights. I don't think either of these guys are, I, I did the research. I don't think either of them could be qualified as, as hashtag chunky guys. Do you disagree might be,
0: might be loose chunky. <laughs> loose chunky that's a that's
1: a that's a callback
0: yeah that's a i think that one came from chris Docus. he's kind of got a chris Docus body
1: yeah yeah it's true and he is the polar bear so with the great white the polar bear we're getting a lot of uh northern type references here and asminol's got no nickname so obviously polar bear is going to win um all right, we'll go with Spivak first. He's stepping in here on short notice on this fight. He, who was supposed to fight? Was it Abdurakimov who was supposed to fight? No, he was supposed. Nope?
0: To, he was uh, Aspinall was supposed to fight um, Sergey Pavlovich. Right, 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 right.
1: Okay, this is a step down in competition if you ask me. <laughs> Sergey Spivak, uh, short notice, thirteen and two, which is a good record actually. Five knockouts, six submissions, four and two in the UFC. He's won three straight. Uh, maybe it's not a huge step down in competition. He's two years younger, plus 205. Aspinall, who needs a nickname, he's 10-2 and two with eight knockouts, two submissions, three-0 in the UFC, all of them via finish. He also was a professional boxer for one fight, which he won. He's two inches taller. He's got striking stats. Uh, he's twice, as, twice more active on the feet striking also. He's got the grappling stats. He's at minus 270. You're going with Aspinall like I am in this one?
0: Yeah, um, I think this one's pretty easy. Also, Aspinall and Alex Murano both uh, top Turtle alumni. Um, oh, man. Yeah, uh, I like Tom Aspinall in this one mostly because of the way that Spivak usually wins fights. Um, is that He he likes to kind of play the bully. He likes to look for takedowns, but even if he doesn't get them, he gets you up against the cage. He holds you there. He wears you out. He gets you real tired um, and then starts to take advantage of it. I just don't see that as being a viable option against Tom Aspinall. Right? Like He's not going to hold Tom Aspinall down in any position. Tom Aspinall is a freaking beast, um, and he's just going to power out of those situations, and he's technically proficient as well. I also think Aspinall just has the knockout power at heavyweight to just put just about anybody away. And I kind of think that's exactly what's going to happen to Spivak
1: here. Oh, so you, well, are we are we uh, hinting at a prop here, Dan? A KO prop? I,
0: I don't have the KO prop open right now, but uh, I'll no. put the intern on it and tell you whether or not I like the number.
1: Oh, that's true. It, it does depend on numbers. Um, Aspinall, uh, like I mentioned, he's finished all of his fights. So uh, eight knockouts, two submissions. So if you do like him, as Dan and I do, you may want to take him. via finish, uh, what are your thoughts on him as a as a prospect in the UFC? Uh, I'm English pretty, condition.
0: I'm pretty high on him. Um, the, believe it or not, him beating, uh, my beloved Andre Arlovsky is sort of one of the things that gave me a lot of extra stock in him. And it's not because he beat Arlovsky, but it's also just how he beat Arlovsky. Um, you know, like I, I know he's a power puncher. He hits really freaking hard, and that's worth something. But worth more to me is when you go in there with somebody who is going to try to like pitter patter fight you from the outside. Yeah. Uh, to just bull rush a freaking huge takedown and then rear naked choke that guy. Um, that That's incredible. And, and Arlovsky's got good jiu too, and, and decent wrestling defense. So uh, it, it was a little bit of maybe the element of surprise, but the fact that he's got that in him, too, gives me a well-roundedness uh, that I think is really impressive and, and probably will carry him quite far.
1: There you go. Uh, you heard it from Dan. Um, all right. Main event time. Eight. Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. Um, Derek Brunson does not have a nickname. I'm going to call him the Natural because he's got the Natural Butchery hairstyle. I think Butchery was a bit before your time, correct, Dan?
0: It was. Yep. <laughs> All right.
1: Versus uh, Darren the Gorilla Till. So I guess the Gorilla's got a wing because no one else has a nickname. Uh, Brunson doesn't have an official nickname, I mean. All right. Um, we'll go with Brunson first. 22 and 7, 12 knockouts, 3 submissions. He's been knocked out himself 5 times. He's 13-5 in the UFC. He's won four straight and six of eight. So he is on a tear at the Red Bull at the age of 37. Um, and of his five UFC uh, his five UFC losses, listen to the murderer's row he has lost to. These are the only people he's lost to in the UFC. The champion is the uh, Adesanya, Jacare Souza, Anderson Silva, Robert Whitaker, UL Romero. They're the only people who have beaten him in the UFC. Um, before all this, he was three and one in Strikeforce. He's an, got an inch. Uh, he's an inch taller on tail. Three inches of reach. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor. Plus 145. Darren the Gorilla Till, 18-3 and one. Ten knockouts. Two submissions. Six-3 and one in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four fights, and he did lose his last fight. He last, which was way back in July of 2020. He also of his three career losses, he has lost to Robert Whittaker, Jorge Masvidal, Tyrone Woodley. So he murders role for him also. He used to fight at uh, welterweight, but he could not make weight there uh, consistently. So he's back. He's up at middleweight now. He's eight years younger than Brunson. Minus 185. I'm going to take an underdog in the main event. I like Derek Brunson. Uh, I th- I think he's a better striker. I mean, maybe not better power, but um better striker definitely the better grappler um he's on a tear and, and you never really know what you're going to get with Darren Taylor, even though he's only lost like I said to, to really good people he, he seems to be inconsistent um hasn't been in the cage for a while and I like that plus 145 number so I'm taking Derek Brunson
0: and I'm going with you on this one oh, um really? I thought we were going to differ on this one for sure but yeah no I, I've I've been all over Derek Brunson on this fight because for a couple of reasons. Like you said, he does have the wrestling advantage, but more so than just having the wrestling advantage, I think mixing it up is going to open up his striking. Um, yeah. Whether or not he scores a lot of takedowns or whether or not he spends a lot of time in top control, the fear of that is going to make Darren Till a hesitant Darren Till. Um, and Derek Brunson doesn't usually fall into that hesitant type of fight. I expect him to still move forward and still be landing his offense and kind of trying to push Darren Till a little bit. And over a five-round fight, I really like Derek Brunson. Uh, I, th- I think Derek Brunson has got a far better chance of going five rounds and looking like him his old self at the end of the fifth than than Darren Till does. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like him a lot. Also, you know, it's worth noting Darren Till has kind of gotten a lot of credit for having decent takedown defense. Jorge Masvidal took him down. Not, <laughs> not true. Not, not not the other way around. Not like Jorge Masvidal stuffed his take. So Jorge Masvidal was like, "Hey, I've got a good enough takedown here to take down this guy." Uh, and he took him down. So, yeah, like, I, I don't really trust Till's takedown defense, and especially when you move him up a weight class against. And I'm going to say this. It might sound controversial at the time, but maybe the best wrestler at 185 pounds in the UFC right now, it no, might but, be it might be Derrick Brunson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the way he controls people, too, on the ground, not just the takedowns, um, the way he controls people uh, on the ground, like I said. Um, yeah, Till's takedown defense, um, his numbers look really good, but then – you see a lot of guys just spam takedowns on him. Uh, like, that they're they're throwing up. They may take him down four times, but but they attempt, like, 12 takedowns. So um, it helps the numbers uh, that way. But the only thing I worry about here is um, Brunson's age. He's, he is 37. Um, younger fighters tend to beat the older fighters, and somehow Till is is still young, but he's not even in his 30s yet. Um, so I worry about that. And there's something else I was worried about. I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah, it's just the age, and I think there's something else. Maybe there wasn't anything else. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm not worried about anything with Brunson here. I, I think he can, uh, and he probably will, grind out like a five-round five, five round decision. Um, I don't see Till knocking him out. Uh, I guess Brunson has been knocked out quite a bit, but I, I think he can be safe enough here, and he can grind his way uh, to a to, I'm picking a decision victory for him here.
0: Uh, yeah, I think i probably like a decision victory, too.
1: Yeah, there you go. We are on the same page um, there. Uh, most of the – which one did we uh, – Pimblet, Venger, That's Everything is riding on that fight, Dan, uh, for us. Um, all right, props. Did you see the Aspinall prop or not?
0: I did get on the Aspinall prop. Uh, plus 120 for him to win by KO. I like that. Um, yep, I'll probably stick, yeah, I probably stick – yeah, I think if it comes out to a plus number, I think that that's a, usually a pretty good play. And I'm going to say this, yeah. too. I think Marc-Andre Berrio, winning by KO as well, is a juicy one at plus 220, um, especially if Dolce gets really tired. And we've seen Berrio pick up two knockout wins in a row, although one got turned into a no contest. He has knocked two people out in a row. So I I think that's worth noting, and especially with a guy who gets tired. Yeah, I'll take all of that plus 220.
1: Yeah, because it could always be a TKO. That 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 still wins you the money. So, yep. Um, even if he doesn't spark him out. So yeah, good pick. And now the degenerates hashtag degens always want like crazy parlays to make them some money. Do you have a a decent parlay that you can throw into your machine and give us a decent number for?
0: Sure. I'm going to take a couple of ones that uh, I like the best to start. So I really do like Modestas Pukaskis. Um, I think he's a good play. I think Tom Aspinall is probably one of the safest plays out there. And as I said, I actually think Derek Brunson is a pretty safe play. Um, So we'll start with those three. And then um, I'll say let's add, because they like him big and juicy, let's add Molly McCann. (laughs) Big and juicy, Jay. uh, so that one's going to give you uh, 10 to 1 odds right there. Um right, there Bukoskis, Tom Aspinall, Derek Brunson, Molly McCann.
1: Beautiful. They like them big and juicy. There we go. We finally got a title for the podcast.
0: Big and, big uh, and, and juicy. Time.
1: Big and juicy. Um, all right. Um, let's do some locks. Uh, is it my turn or your turn to go first? you remember?
0: I, I think you've been away. You can, you can lock this oh, one first. Oh, that's so
1: sweet. Thank you. Bukoskis, minus 160 versus Roundtree is my lock of the week.
0: I like that. I'm gonna go with Marc Andre Barrio. Um, Canadian, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't have much faith in Dalvin Bula, and the more and more I've watched Marc Andre Berrio, I feel pretty confident in him. I will say, I debated Tom Aspinall, but those odds are a little bit high for what I like to do in the uh, the lock column. So let's go with uh, let's go with Marc Andre Barrio.
1: Beautiful. Um pretty solid fight card uh on my mma site i run mma com, where i rank fight cards based on the quality of the fighters on it this one comes out pretty it comes out well above average and it's only got 10 fights on it so it's it's uh definitely uh definitely the best fight card we've seen in at least a little while uh, fight night at least
0: yeah on, on paper i would say that i would say it definitely won't deliver like last week's did last week's delivered in a great way dude <laughs>
1: It's true. It is true. Um, All right. I think we put a bow on this. Um, Thank you all for listening. Make sure you are subscribed to our feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed. That's where the podcast comes out first. Uh, We go out on the SGPN feed a day or two later. So make sure you subscribe to our feed so you can get us when we're hot and fresh out out of the oven. Um, Make sure you download the app. Like we said, make sure you read all our stuff over at Sports Gambling Podcast. We're still doing our NFL previews, 32 teams, 32 days. Every day we have a new NFL team being previewed on there. Um, Dan's got one coming up tomorrow. What is the Rams you're doing? Is that right?
0: I, bro- I broke down the Rams, which is right. uh, not terribly hard to do. They just, uh, they were a good team, and then they got to be a better team. Uh, and now they should, they should be a really good team.
1: <laughs> there you go. So, so Dan will tell you uh, what, uh, what, are the best bets to make on the team and, and the best players to to lock in on on fantasy or players to avoid in fantasy. So make sure you check out that. Plus I'll have my usual MMA columns later on in the week on Sports Gaming Podcast. And if you want our MMA-only content, uh, the site I run and Dan writes for, MMA-manifesto.com, get in on our Pick'em contest on there. as uh, GPN. it actually is still sponsoring it, giving away a $50 gift card to anywhere you want in the whole wide world. So, Make sure you get on on that. Um, I think that's all I have to tell you. Uh, I haven't begged for Twitter followers for a while, but I'm I'm creeping up to a thousand. And it's, uh, it would be it would really be a big deal to my ego if I can get a thousand followers on Twitter. I just want my kids to be proud of me, and maybe that'll do it. You know, I don't think I don't know if Twitter's cool with kids. I don't think it is. Do you know Dan? Is Twitter cool. I, I, I have I really
0: no cool. idea. I have no idea what's cool. Uh, I'll do. I'll
1: do whatever. That's, that's the truest statement ever, he's ever said. He just has no idea what's cool. Everybody. Um, I just like I said. I just want my family to be proud of me. So if you can follow me at Twitter, and boost my ego, um, Jeff Fox Writer would be my handle. If you want to cover Gumby's got a healthy ego already, but he's Gumby Breeland. He's got a lot of followers as it is. But you can follow him too if you like it. You can listen to his podcast too. He's got prelim. Primer, where he and a co-host uh, break down all the prelim uh, fights on the UFC card, and then he's got the Top Turtle MMA podcast, where he and Shockwave make some picks, talk some news, and Dan interviews people and usually jinxes them. Who Who's getting jinxed this week? You said Bukoskis. Bukoskis is on this week, and anybody else? Yes.
0: So first of all, I would like to rebuke the, the <laughs> jinx, because this past week, I had on Giga Chicante who yeah, he on a uh, right. wild performance, uh, I got Brian Battle, who won the Ultimate yep. Fighter, and then I got Andre Petrovsky, who picked up a third round TKO, uh, so three for three this past week, um, so I'm not jinxing anybody, first and foremost, That's true. And <laughs> second of all... Uh, Modestus Bukoskis is on talking about his fight with Khalil Roundtree. And then I have Dustin Jacoby recapping his action against Darren Stewart, who he knocked out last week.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's right. You've had him and wow, that's crazy, Dan. Maybe the jinx is over. Maybe I made it all up.
0: I think it's, I think, I think it's over. I went four for four on that card. (laughs) That's
1: true. And no one ran into the trees with their cars and no one had their insides explode and bleed all over the place. So yeah, maybe it is over finally, which is good. This podcast is over, finally. Um, make sure you check back in on Sunday. We will have a recap of our picks and of the event, and we will uh, make some picks for the Contender Series um, coming up next week. There's some names that even I recognize on the card coming up, so um should be a good one. Um, I'll take you home. I'll take us home since this is my week back. I am Juicy Jeff. Am I Juicy Jay or Juicy Jeff? Did we decide on that?
0: I think you're Juicy Jeff.
1: I'm Juicy Jeff Fox. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and we'll catch you on Sunday. Bye-bye.